Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today we are starting a brand new series called Asking for a Friend, where we are answering some of the most frequently asked questions from a survey that we actually gave you Easter Sunday. So on Easter Sunday, we gave out a survey and we simply just asked you if there's questions that we could answer, what would help you the most? And you responded, and we formed a series around the most asked questions from that survey. And the overwhelming number one most asked question was this, how do I hear God's voice? Like that was overwhelmingly the number one question. In fact, over 50% of all the responses that we got was how do I hear God's voice? One, I can just tell you as a pastor of that church, that fires me up that you're asking that question. Uh, But because it was such an overwhelming response, instead of having one week answering that question, we decided because it was such a felt need response that we're actually gonna do a whole series in January answering that question, how do I hear God's voice? Uh, But today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're gonna answer the second most asked question, and it's this, how do I know God's will for my life? So that's the question that you ask, the second most frequently asked question, how do I know God's will for my life? And by the way, I just want you to know, I am so proud of you for asking this question. Because I think a lot of people deep down, they don't really want to know what God's will or God's plan is for their life. I think a lot of people just want God to bless or to like affirm their plan and their will for their life. But I love that we are a church of people that say, not what I want, but I want to know what God's will is for my life, what God's plan is for my life. Can you just help me with that? And so, but here's what I believe with all my heart. I believe, just to set this up, I believe that God wants us to know his will even more than we want to know his will. I believe it. I believe that with all my heart that God, that he desires for you to know his plans for your life and his will for your life even more than you want to know that. And here's why. Here's the simple fact, because he's a good father. He is a good, it's who he is. That's his nature. That's his character. That's who God is. He is a good dad. And like any good dad, he has a plan for his kids. And he wants to help you and and help you navigate life so that you can know how, what, and like what his plan is for your life. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 29, in verse 11, it says, God talking, for I know the plans that I have for you. And I love that sentence right there. I love the fact that this little one sentence it says that God has a plan for your life. And not only that, it's not random. He knows what it is. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, as I was thinking about this passage this week, here's what stood out to me so much. It's the fact that God himself knows his plans for us. Like he knows it. But here's the tension that I feel. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes, like, I'm confident right there, black and white, God knows the plans that he has for me, but I don't sometimes. 
And when I don't know God's plans, when I don't know what he wants for my life, I can tell you that can be such a scary, hard place. Come on, has anybody been there? Anybody? Yeah, where it's like, we don't know. And I, and I think that's why you're asking this question. How do I know God's will for my life? Now, this message is gonna be a little bit different than the normal message that I preach. Typically, if you're new around here, I typically have three points and then we go to lunch. Uh, so I'm a three-point shooter pretty consistently most every time I do that. But today, I've got two threes. Okay, so I'm shooting two threes. So I got two sets of three points each and the first is all about theology. So the first is the theology. The second is the practical. Like, how do we walk this out in our day-to-day life? But we have to start with the theology because it's important for you to know that when we're talking about the will of God, that there are three main theological categories for the will of God. And here's number one, the sovereign will of God. That's the first category, is the sovereign will of God. Now, these are the things that God is already doing. It's the things that he's gonna do regardless. There's nothing that we can do to change these things. It's the sovereign will of God. These things are gonna happen. Let me show you two examples from the Bible. In Galatians chapter four, verses four through five, it says, but when the right time came, nobody had to pray for it. Nobody had to ask God for it. When the right time came, he wanted to do this. God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Here's what that means. That means that God determined, like it was his sovereign will that he was going to send Jesus to pay for our sins and to buy our freedom so that we could go from slaves to sons and daughters. Like that was regardless. Nobody had to pray for that. Nobody had to ask God to do that. He wasn't responding to what somebody else prayed or said or did. He wanted to do it. It was his sovereign will. And here's another example from the Bible in Romans chapter two, verse 16. And just so you know, warning, this is, this is, this is a doozy of a verse. It's intense. Okay. It's intense. Uh, you're probably not going to get this tattooed on like your arm. Uh, but, um, (laughs) listen to what this says. It says, and this is the message I proclaim that the day is coming. Mark it down. It's coming. The day is coming when God through Christ Jesus will judge everyone's secret life. That's intense. And no matter what, this day is gonna happen. It's God's sovereign will that there will be a day where every single person, regardless of who you are, what you believe, where you're from, every single person will stand before God and he will judge our life, but not just our public Instagram life. Not just what we're trying to project to the whole world. No, this says that it will be our private, behind the scenes, when nobody else is watching. It's coming. It's the sovereign will of God. That's the first category. Here's the second. The second is the moral will of God. So we have the sovereign will of God and the moral will of God. And this is what God has already said in the Bible about how we should live our lives. In other words, that God has already spoken about a whole lot of things that are in this book. 
Like he's already talked about these things. And I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And we have to understand that when you open up your Bible and you read through these things, that what you're reading is not this massive list of do's and don'ts. That it's not just rules and regulations. No, this is the very word of God. That the Bible describes itself as living and active. In other words, this is the only book that's breathing. It's got a pulse. And it's not only like, you don't only read this book, it reads you. And so whenever, what you, what you have to understand is that it's not just a list of rules and regulations, because if that's what you think it is, you've missed it. It's not rules and regulations and do's and don't, because that ultimately is religion. But Jesus didn't come so that you could have rules and regulations and religion. He came to this earth so that you could have relationship with God. See, Jesus isn't about behavior modification. He came so that you can experience and live this life transformation. That's why he came. So these aren't just rules and regulations, this list of do's and don'ts. You want to know what they are? They're standards. And there's a difference between the two. It's not just rules and regulations. They're standards for how people who are following Jesus should live their lives. And these standards, what we have to understand is that it's not to take the fun out of life. These standards are to take the sting out of life. So that we're not experiencing extra hurt and pain. No, there's the life that he has that is better than what we can imagine. It's not to hurt you. It's to help you. It's to make your life even better. It's the moral will of God. So let me just tell you, you don't have to pray about, should I look at porn or sleep with my girlfriend or boyfriend? Because 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says God's will, his will, what he wants for you is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. You don't have to pray, like, should I be greedy or should I be generous or should I be stingy and just keep everything for myself? Because Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse seven and eight says, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. Instead, be generous. You don't have to pray like, you know, that person that hurt me, should I forgive them or not? Or should I just hold on to bitterness and anger and offense? We don't have to pray about that because Ephesians chapter four, verses 31 through 32 says, get rid of all that. Get rid of bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, but just don't forgive one another. Forgive one another just as God through Christ has forgiven You see, this is the moral will of God. And practically, if one of the best things that I can encourage you with today, you're asking, how do I know the will of God? Well, if you want to know God's will, get to know God's word. That's one of the best practical steps that I can give you. Specifically, if you want to know God's sovereign will and his moral will, If you want to know God's will, get to know God's word. See, I'm convinced with all my heart that he speaks the way that he writes. That was good. And and, and, and listen, I'll amen myself. That was really good. Listen, he speaks the way that he writes. And so it's so important to be able to do this. In fact, Billy Graham 
He said this, that if you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. Adrian Rogers, he said this, that much of God's will for your life is already found in the Bible. So let me just encourage you, read God's word every single day. Make it a part of your everyday life, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's five minutes, even if it's one chapter, one verse, just every single day, make this part of your life because it will speak to every single area of your life. And you need to know, I am so passionate about this because there has been nothing that has transformed my life more than reading God's word each and every day. Nothing. You want to know, I've been following Jesus over 20 years of my life. The number one thing that has impacted my closest with God and understanding what he wants for my life is reading God's word. There's been nothing. So I encourage you, make that a part of your every single day rhythm. And some of you, you hear that. And maybe a lot of guilt and shame is connected with that. And let me just tell you, shame off of you. Okay, there is no condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. I don't care how many times you have started a Bible reading plan and not finished. God wants to talk to you. He does. He wants to talk to you. And we, we have actually, we're so passionate about this. We have all types of resources to help you. If you go to our website, we have a page on our website, queencitypeople.com slash Bible, that we have all types of resources on there. So if you need help, we want to help you. We have Bible reading plans that we recommend. We have playlists that you can listen to that will help you, that I listen to. We have messages. We have all types of resources there. But some of you, maybe you're like, I don't even have a Bible. We got you. We got free Bibles right out there. If you go to the welcome home area, we have an info area right there. There are going to be somebody super nice from our dream team there. Just say, can I have a Bible? And we'll give you a Bible today. We want to help you because there's nothing that has helped me understand the will of God more than this. Because if you do, I promise you, you will get to know the sovereign will of God and the moral will of God, which leads to number three. And this is the one that we all have questions about. Number three is the personal will of God, the personal will of God. This is what God specifically wants for our individual lives. And this is the one that I think triggered asking this question. This is where we experience Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, where your own ears will hear him, meaning God. And right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. And how many of you have ever had those moments where it's like, do I do this? or I do that. And in those moments, don't we desperately want to hear God and say, God, what do you want for my life? What is your will for my life to go right or to go left? And we want to experience what this verse says. So how do I experience that? How do I experience a voice behind me that's saying, go this way, because I want to know God's will for my life. How do I know his personal will for my life? Let me just put this in for free. Here's what I believe with all my heart, that the more you dive into this, the more that you will get to know his sovereign will and his moral will, which will lead to you having a better discernment of your personal will, of the personal will for God. And I think it's really important to know that. But for the rest of our time, I want to answer that question. I want to answer the question, like, practically, how do I know 
God's personal will for my life? Because I think deep down, this is why we ask this question today. Because there's gonna be times in life and maybe right here, right now, you are at a place in your life where you are face to face with a major decision. You know, decisions like, should I date him or her? Should I marry him or her? Should I take that job? Should I quit this job? Should I change my career? Should I start that business? Should I make that investment? Should I go ahead and retire? Should I buy that house? Should we have kids now? Should we have kids later? Should I get a dog or should I get a cat? That's super easy, just get a dog. Um, All my cat people, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, sort of. Um, (laughs) But when it comes to those big things, you know, those big moments in life where it's like, man, I could go right or could I go left? Like, how do I know what God wants? How do I know his personal will for my life? Because I understand and I can wrap my mind around the fact that the way that I get to know his sovereign will and the way that I can get to know his moral will is to get to know the word of God. But I'm just gonna be honest and say the truth is, like the personal will stuff, it's not always in here. Like you're not gonna read like Revelation 17, eight, and it's gonna say, Julie, you should take that job for sure. That's what you should do. You know, in the Old Testament, flipping to the Old Testament, those books that you never read, like none of them say like Amos 4, 5. It's not gonna say like, John, buy that house, date her. You know, it's just not. It's not gonna say it. So here's, here's, here's why we ask this question. Here's why I think at the heart of it is because when we're up against those moments, here's the fear. What if I choose the wrong one? Like, what if I go left when God really wanted me to go right and I just missed it? Does that send me on this path that I can never recover from? Like I went right, God wanted me to go left, and now I can never get back on his will, what he wanted for my life. And that can be so scary and so paralyzing that it leads us to not make either choice. And so let me just tell you, like when I face moments like that, here's what I do. Because in moments like that, I'm not talking about like small decisions. I'm talking about those big life changing like new chapters of life decisions, not like where you're gonna go to lunch after church. I'm talking about like the big ones. I will not move forward. I will not take one step until three things are present. And by the way, all three, not one out of the three, not two out of the three, but I will not take a step till all three are present. And like my pastor says, if my bullet fits your gun, shoot it, okay? I'm just trying to help you today because I think this is why you asked this question. So before those decisions, I will not move forward until three things are present. Here's the first one. Write this down. Peace. Peace. I will not move forward until I'm experiencing peace. But I'm not looking for God, for like this Brian peace. I'm not looking for peace that I have to talk myself into having. You know, like where you give yourself that pep talk to go do that thing. Like it's not peace that I have to work really hard to have. I'm looking not for that type of peace, but for God peace. The type of peace that can only come from God that the Bible in Philippians chapter four describes as peace that passes all understanding. It's peace that passes. In other words, it's peace that doesn't even make sense. 
It's peace that doesn't even make sense to me. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to other people. It passes your understanding. It's peace that deep down you know, I shouldn't have peace with all this stuff that's going on in life. With this decision looming, I have more peace. I can sleep better right now than I could possibly imagine. I have that type of peace. And like it, I know I should be freaking out. But for some reason, I'm not. I just have peace. And I don't move forward until I experience that peace. But that one we have to be careful because it's, it's kind of like a feeling. That's why it's not by itself. Because your, your emotions, your feelings can sometimes lie to you. And so it's more than just peace. The second thing I look for is unity, is unity. Specifically, unity two ways. One, I look for unity with my wife, my spouse. And two, with healthy spiritual authority. Both of those. So if you're married in here, I highly encourage you, big life decisions. Don't just blaze a trail and do it on your own. Wait till there's unity with your spouse. But then also for everybody, it applies to everybody in here, regardless of your relational status, that you can find healthy spiritual authority. And I say healthy because I think that there are some situations that can be very unhealthy when it comes to that, where you can get under unhealthy spiritual authority that thinks it's their place to take the place of God. And that's not healthy spiritual authority. I promise you, there's people that I have in my life and you can ask them, I do not, I do not speak for God. They need to hear God. I am not just man of God. I hear God like nobody else can. Absolutely not. You can hear God. But it's so important to have healthy spiritual authority in your life. And I'm talking about people that could be like pastors or mentors, group leaders, team leaders, but spiritual leaders in your life who actually know you. Like who know what's going on in your life. It's really important for that. And people who love you, who have invested into you and have earned the right to speak into your life. So for me, I will not move forward in any big decisions until I have unity with Heather and until I have unity with my overseers. And so I'll tell you more about that in Growth Track today if you wanna go how we have our government structured. But I have three overseers in my life that are people that have been in my life for a long time, well before this church ever started. And what they do is they, they are my spiritual authority. So I literally, on big decisions, I won't move forward until we're on the same page and until I'm on the same page with my overseers. And so that's a really big deal because I want you to understand why. Here's the spiritual principle. Psalm 133, it's a beautiful chapter. It's only three verses. Here's the main idea is that unity commands a blessing. That's why when I'm going into that big decision, I want it to be blessed. And so how do I get that blessing? Unity commands a blessing. So I need to pursue unity on those big decisions. So I will not move forward until there's peace, Unity, and the third is this, vision. I won't move forward until there's vision. And a lot of times we get confused of what that means. And vision, here's my simplest definition. It is a preferred future. It's seeing something before you get there. And so a lot of times it's very easy to over-spiritualize this one. And so I'm not talking about like going into this deep spiritual trance where like you see visions and you know, there's, there's lots of fog and haze and things like that. Like it's, 
<laughs> like, there's nothing weird, nothing crazy. Here, here's actually the best way I can describe it because we've all experienced this. Have you ever, like, shopped for a house or shopped for an apartment? And you go and you see 10, but you walk into the one. And you know, like, you see your life before you even live there. You see which room would be which room. Oh, this would be the kids' room. And oh, this would be this. And come on, fellas, you, you know, you scope this out. Like this would be the wall where the big old 60-inch flat screen is gonna go on. You can get good access from this in all different places. It's beautiful. It's like you see it before it's there. That's vision. That's vision. You just see it before it exists. And um, like I will not move forward until that happens, until I can see it. So that's exactly what happened in this whole process of starting this church. If, if you're new around here, we, we started our church a little over three years ago. Actually, last weekend, we celebrated our, our, our three-year birthday as a church. But before that, about four years before that, in 2014, on a random Tuesday when I was doing my devos, which is just in the morning, I spend time with God, I open up the Bible, I let him speak to me. And he talked to me that day about planting a church. And let me just explain that to you, because I think it's very easy to sit in your seat and be like, so what does that mean? Like, did you hear a voice? Did God say, no. In fact, I've never heard an audible voice from God. But, but here's how I know it was God. Because your boy would never think that. Ever. I had never thought about that up until that point in my entire life. Everything was awesome and we were great. We were fully content and out of nowhere, it's like I couldn't shake it. It was something that just deposited in my spirit and I couldn't wish it away and I couldn't ignore it and it was just this overwhelming thought over and over again. What if, what if God had put inside of me a unique expression of a church that just didn't exist yet and I couldn't shake it. And so where did we go from there? How did it end up to where four years later we would start a church in Cincinnati? Like, how do we know it was God? How do we know that it was Cincinnati? Like, because God for sure gave us what? Way long before he gave us the where. So why would we move to a city that we didn't know anybody except for one family, one of my college roommates? Like, why? How do you know that that's God, his personal will? Because you know, you know what? As much as I was reading through this Bible, there was no verse in there that said the Cromer family should do that. So how did I know? How can I confidently stand before you and before our church and say, I know. Not that I think, not that I feel, but I know this is what God has called us to do. Because we were searching for three things. Peace. Unity and vision. So there was some crazy amount of peace that everything inside of us should scream, don't do this. But we had peace. This peace, it passed our understanding. And honestly, it passed other people's understanding. People were like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> You're moving where? Do you know anybody there? Do you have any money? No. Just that. But we, we had peace. There was no... We just had peace. It passed our understanding. It was God peace, not our peace. Not only that, we had unity. For six months before I told another human being, me and this beautiful woman on the front row, 
we just prayed for six months, just me and her. Because here's why. Because I knew that out of all the people that I wanted to say yes to doing this, I needed one. This was not gonna be a woman, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go plant a church. Man of God said, let's go. Pack up the U-Haul, sell the house, let's roll. Cash in. That what? <laughs> Husbands, do not do that. <laughs> but there was so much unity. Because I knew if this was God that he would speak to her, not just me. Six months later, she's like, this is what God's called our family to do, not just you to do. But not only that, those three men that I was telling you about, long before they became overseers of this church, those two I was talking this out with, and they all said, we see that on your life. We see that in your leadership. Go for it. We feel like this is God. We had peace, we had unity. And then so, how do we know Cincinnati? We saw it because we felt like God gave us some filters. And so we put every city in the United States through these filters. Felt like three were put on our heart, Cincinnati being one of them. So we just put ourselves in position to hear. And here's what that looked like. We came to vacation here. So we came to Cincinnati on vacation, got introduced to Skyline Chili. Praise God. (laughs) Grater's ice cream, come on those chocolate chips that are from heaven. It's like manna just drops in our city, in our ice cream. Got her. Listen, I've known her for like 12 years. If I can get her to still laugh like that, God is good, okay? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, we came here when we came on those vacations, I could see it. I could see us living here and leading a church here and fell in love with the culture. And we just knew this is where God's calling us. So, you know, I was very confident in the sovereign and the moral will of God, but how did we have peace on the personal will of God? It was those three things, peace, unity, and vision. Let me put it this way. I know, at least for me, I know it's not God unless all three are present. So does that help anybody today? So before I wrap up, I need to share one more thing. And I think it's really important that I share this last thing because truth is I would be doing you a major disservice if I talked to you for 35 minutes about knowing God's will without talking about this. Because I believe that you can't really know God's will for your life if you don't know God. I think it's gonna be really hard for you to know God's personal will for your life unless you know God, unless you know that he desperately wants to have a real close, consistent relationship with you, unless you know that he loves you so much that no matter what you've done, that he sent his son Jesus to pay for your sins so that you could have a relationship with him. Not just right now, but for eternity in heaven. You, you have got to know that. Because if you don't know that, you may miss everything. 
And I love what 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 says. I read this actually this week in, in my devos. It says that God, he wants everyone to be saved and to come to know the truth. By the way, that's his will. You wanna know God's will is that. He wants to have a relationship with everybody, including you. That he wants everyone to be saved and to come to know the truth. For there is one God and there is one who brings God and human beings together. I love this. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself to redeem the whole human race. And by the way, that includes you. So make it personal today that where it says that the man, Christ Jesus, he gave himself to redeem me. That was the proof at the right time that God wants everyone to be saved. That's why I'm fully convinced. And I would be doing you a massive disservice if I didn't make sure that I clearly articulated the fact that knowing God's will, it begins with knowing God. Everything starts there. That for you to know God's will, you and I, we have to know God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And before we end, and listen, this is, a, this is a big moment. And I don't wanna miss this. I don't wanna miss this. I understand that maybe you're putting up your your Bible and your journal. But once you do that, I want you to quietly just do that and then just take a moment before we leave, before we get to our busy week, before we go to lunch. And I just want you to right there where you are, no matter where you are in your relationship with God, will you just have the courage to pray this prayer? God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking directly to me? Maybe ask him this, like, what should my response be to this message today? What should be my response? How should my Monday look different because of what we're doing and what we're talking about on Sunday? Maybe ask him this, what's, what's the next step that you have for me? Because I believe that wherever you are, God has a step for you today. So ask him, give him permission to speak. What's that step? And maybe you've never had a relationship with God. That seems so foreign to you. Even that language, relationship with God. That was me before I had one. Because up until that point, everything was about rules and regulations and religion. But then I heard somebody talking about that I could have a relationship with God. And maybe that's where you are today and you've never had that, but you want it. And you want, maybe you're new to this whole church, God, Jesus thing. And we wanna give you the opportunity to make what we believe is the best decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus, to start a relationship with him, to say yes to Jesus, to go all in with God. Or maybe you're here today and, and you've had that in the past, but today you're here at church and that's not what it looks like now. You've let it slip away and you feel so far from God and you need to come back. You need to restart your relationship with God. Maybe you just need a fresh start. You can have that today. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna embarrass you or make you come forward or anything like that. 
All I wanna do, if that's you, and you know that's the decision you need to make, you need to know God. Whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, I wanna lead you in a prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, in just a second, I'm gonna count to three. And if with all eyes closed, I'm gonna count to three. And if you want to make that decision today, I'm gonna invite you to put your hand up in the air and say, that's me, include me in that prayer. I I need to give my life to God. So if you're here and that's you on the count of three, put put it up boldly. One, two, three, just as a sign of surrender. I got you, I got you, I got you. It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. You can put your hands down. And just just pray something like this in your heart. And say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm sorry, I repent. I change my mind. I change my direction. I'm sorry that I've lived some of my life or all of my life without you. Will you come right now and live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? Because I cannot do that myself. No matter how hard I try, I cannot change myself, but you can. So will you change me? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. And today I receive your grace. Today I receive your forgiveness. And I choose to follow you, not just today, not just for the rest of this week, not just for this year, but for the rest of my life, I choose to follow you. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's because of Jesus and what he did for us that even allows us to experience this moment right now. So we thank you. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said a loud amen. Come on, church, can you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate like you've never celebrated before for all those that just made that decision. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 